rise and shine. Rise and shine, chop chop. Rise and shine. Rise and shine, it's a beautiful day. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. You guys are nerds. This is exactly what the nerds want. Our name shall become legend. Spoken in hushed tones by nerds across the galaxy. If you build it, nerds will come. Nerds must love this place. They think we're a bunch of nerds, and I'll tell you something. I think they're right. Let, let the nerds take over. Let the nerds take over! Rise and shine, nerds. Grab your coffee, wipe the sleep from your eyes, and turn up the volume as we help kick off your day with Love Thy Nerds' official morning show here on YouTube and LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt. I'm the director of content and resources for Love Thy Nerd. <laughs> really? <laughs> A bat-faced, buck-eyed, booger-nosed, baloney-brained beetle bun. It's from Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> Thank you for making us a part of your morning every morning, now Monday through Friday. Let's get to our top story. Calvin and Hobbes creator Bill Watterson has a new book and explains why he vanished. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1995, Bill Watterson walked away from the madness that had consumed him for practically his entire adulthood. Though everyone loved his Calvin and Hobbes comic strip, he said, I virtually had no life beyond the drawing board uh, of the years leading up to the decision. So let's let's read about it. So it came to uh, as some surprise earlier this year when Watterson's publisher announced his first new book in nearly 30 years. The Mysteries is a modern fable. Um at 72 pages, the book itself is a slight thing, and in no way a return to the daily grind of the funny pages. It's being sold exclusively in print, and typical of Watterson, press uh, access is limited. Publisher Andrews McMeal is not sending review copies until the week of its publication in early October. Uh, it's, a common, it's a combination of styles between Watterson and a caricaturist, John Kosk. It's hard to say his name. Uh, they're working to get, they've been working together for several years uh, in unusually close collaboration. Both artists abandoning their past ways of working and inventing images together that neither could anticipate. A mysterious process in its own right to animate this cautionary tale kind of thing. Modern fable. Okay. Anyway, in the years since the, stri the comic strips end, Watterson has indicated that there was something false inherent to Calvin and Hobbes, some impurity either in his approach or encoded in the strip itself that made it impossible to continue in good faith. That, combined with the fight over licensing with his syndicate, crushed him. He said, I lost the conviction that I wanted to spend my life cartooning, he remembers realizing in 1991, which was four years before he actually ended the strip. Hmm. Beyond stray comments such as this one, he's never really forthrightly explained where exactly he went wrong, uh, but he has dived more into this in a recent interview. This comes from the American Conservative, by the way. <clears throat> so he says, work and home were so intermingled that I had no refuge from the strip when I needed a break. Day or night, the work was always right there, and the book publishing schedule was as relentless as the newspaper deadlines. Having certain perfectionist and man maniacal tendencies, I was consumed by Calvin and Hobbes. But Watterson's own uh, admission, he cannot accurately recall a whole decade of his life because of his Ahab-like obsession with his work. 
The intensity of pushing the writing and drawing as far as my skills allowed was the whole point of doing it, he says. I eliminated pretty much everything from my life that wasn't the strip. While Watterson's wife, Melissa Richmond, organized everything around him, he furthered his isolation, burrowing even more deeply into the strip's world. There was no other way, he believed, to keep his integrity absolute. He said, my approach was probably too crazy to sustain for a lifetime, but it let me draw the exact strip I wanted while it lasted. But Watterson had designed a world for himself so self-contained that any disruption could mean its destruction. He said, I just knew it was time to go. This much became clear in the middle of a licensing fight. It took up so much of his energy that he lost his lead time on the strip and found himself in a situation where he was drawing practically every single comic on press night. So the night it needed to be turned in nationwide, he was drawing it. Holy cow. Uh, He says, I was was in a black despair after a few weeks of this. Uh, He was absolutely frantic. He had to publish everything he thought of, no matter what it was. So, like, if he had an idea, he didn't have time to ruminate on it, try and make it perfect, make the joke perfect. He's like, well, that's an idea. Let's write it out and get it sent off. (laughs) Uh, He said he found it almost unbearable. His wife saw him spiraling out of control and drew up a schedule that helped him slowly over the course of six months rebuild his lead time. But not long after that, Watterson had a bike crash, which bruised his rib, broke his finger, which that's important when you're drawing. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was so afraid of losing his lead time again that he propped his drawing board on his knees in his sickbed and drew anyway. And that freaked him out, too. And so gradually he scaled his life down to the point where nothing unpredictable could happen. Watterson compares ending Calvin and Hobbes to reaching the summit of a high mountain. He said he had no desire to return from whence he came, and he couldn't go any higher. No one can ascend into the air itself from the mountain's peak. So he took his next best best option. He jumped off the cliff. (laughs) Wow. That's sad, because I'm sure it started out as, like wow, this is awesome. Oh. I get to enjoy my yeah. job. It's, yeah. And Thank then you. it turns so quickly to something you love and hate at the same time and consumes you. Yeah. It does color your, um, my, my memory of it a bit. Calvin Hobbes is my favorite comic strip. Yeah. All time, bar none. Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's arguably the best comic strip ever. Better than Garfield, better than Peanuts, better than anything you got. <laughs> Definitely better than Blondie. Blech. But <laughs> he was he was in a simultaneous burnout and panic. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I've been in burnout. I've been in panic. I don't think I've ever been in both at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's got to be and for 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 months at a time too. Yeah, like that's yeah. How do you live? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we have to protect ourselves from in life is overworking ourselves to the point where our mental state or even just our lives in total start to fall apart. Um, that's one of the reasons here at LTN, like our podcasters, we kind of force them to take two breaks a year, two, two month breaks a year, significant mm-hmm. breaks where they can go work on something else or not work on anything at all and not have to think about something. And there's, mm-hmm. there's some, some of us, I think that an, at least initially were like, I don't want to do that. And even Mo and I, when we were doing the morning show for the first couple of years, we're like, well, we'll take a little break, a little break, but yeah. we're like, mm-hmm. but we're a morning show. We, mm-hmm. we had that, that sense of like, we have to be there to be there every morning. And yeah. so over time, 
we worked that down to like, okay, we, we can, we can still take two, two months. It won't be two months together. Like mm-hmm. we're going to take the last two, two weeks off while everybody else is still ending their two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we'll take a month off in the middle of mm-hmm. a break. And then we'll take the first two weeks off while everyone's starting back up again. Like we spread the two months out, but we're like, we're still going to take it mm-hmm. because even, I mean, well, not even, but like we were doing more than most. Even us now, even shortening the show, we're so doing more than most yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because this is not a typical weekly or bi-weekly podcast. Right. And so we do have to protect ourselves from burnout as well. And that's why mm-hmm. in the last year of the last show and continuing in this show, we're doing a three week on one week off schedule. Mm-hmm. And so we won't take a normal break like everybody else does, but we're also giving ourselves a break every month mm-hmm. so we don't go, go crazy. Don't go crazy. Uh, Trombone says huge shout out to his wife for trying to support him and find balance for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's stuff you need. And also commitment that you need mm-hmm. in marriage. Right. Right. Because that was probably a very long time, especially if he was like in 1991. He's like, I need to be done with this. And he had to keep going for four more years. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's easy to be. I'm a I'm a bit of a workaholic. And so it's easy for me to be like, I have free time. I'm going to work on something else. And mm-hmm. it's hard to to force yourself to slow down. But then you get yourself committed to a bunch of stuff. And when life happens and gets in the way, then it becomes so difficult to sustain. Right. Um, I feel like you can do that with any job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can get overcommitted. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't realize how much Americans keep themselves so much busier than other countries until we had some friends from India. And uh, so the, the, the local school here does like a program where uh, teachers from India will come and teach for a couple years. And, uh, we were like always just moving, moving, moving. And, you know, we would go drop something off or, or, and we had a a couple who had two little girls that are the ages of our kids. And, uh, you know, they're really good friends with my parents. And so, you know, we'd go to drop something off or do something. They'd be like, come in, come in. Cause it's customary in India. If you're going to go to someone's house, you're going to come in for tea. Yeah. You're, yeah, and and we were always like, Talk no, I can't, while. you know, I got like two <laughs> minutes before I got to be somewhere else. And it's like, just, yeah. And they're just very, like, for America, they seem slow moving. But I'm thinking we're just fast moving. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly I'm like, right. I, I would like to, you know, go in and enjoy tea at a friend's house. A, sp- a spontaneous afternoon tea. Yeah, but I don't yeah. have time for that in my schedule, you know. <laughs> Mosaic Van Art says you should read the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. My wife and I are taking steps to implement these practices in the book. Yeah. Uh, it uses biblical principles that Jesus used. He was always busy, but never in a hurry. Uh. All right. I haven't vetted this book, but I trust Mosaic more than most people. So <laughs> not more than most people trust Mosaic, but I trust him more than I trust most people. Let's put it that way. So I will approve that recommendation right here right now i feel like i've i've heard of that (laughs) all right let's move on to other news 
First off, Amazon is launching a Fire TV Channels app with 400 plus free ad supported TV channels. Uh, alongside the app launch, the company also announced new content providers such as Variety, Rolling Stone, The Hollywood Reporter, Billboard, GameSpot, Looper, and Funny or Die, among others. Amazon will continue adding more fast channels over time, which is, that's what this is. It's Fires. How do, how do they pronounce it? Fi it's not giving me the thing. For, oh, free ad-supported TV. Fast. There we go. Ah. Free ad-supported TV. Over time, the company wrote in the press release, uh, first introduced in May, Fire TV channels are available on Fire TV branded smart TVs and streaming devices. The new app offers a single destination for users to quickly access thousands of live and on-demand titles across sports, news, entertainment, cooking, gambling, and more. Gaming, not gambling. <laughs> Customers can find the Fire TV channels app via our Your Apps and Channels section, the free icon in the navigation bar, or labeled content rows throughout Fire TV user interface. You can also ask Alexa to play Fire TV channels. No downloads are required, blah, blah, blah. Here's my thought. Let's Does anybody actually watch these? Because <laughs> this is already a thing. There, there, there's there's Freebie, there's Roku TV, there's Samsung TV, Peacock has a TV section where mm -hmm. it's playing like live channels. But most of these are like a mix of cable channels that nobody watches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Channels devoted to like one single show that isn't airing anymore, like Stargate or Kitchen Nightmares or Dog the Bounty Hunter. Mm -hmm. And that's just all they play 24-7. Mm -hmm. And channels that are really just a bunch of YouTube videos, like <laughs> Funny or Die or Fail Army TV or things of that nature, just playing in rotations. It's, it's the garbage TV that you watch in a hotel room. Right. And it has commercials. <laughs> Who is this for? <laughs> like... The, um, when we got, I don't think it was this phone, but I think when we got our last Samsung phone, they had made it to where if you swiped, um, I think it was left or right, you swiped one of the directions on your phone mm -hmm. instead of opening up like the apps or whatever, it would open up Samsung TV automatically. Oh. Like nobody's coming to the phone to watch <laughs> Samsung TV. Unless they're stuck in an airport for five hours. What else? Who's binge watching Dog the Bounty Hunter reruns in 2023 voluntarily? <laughs> Nobody wants this. <laughs> so, I mean, they're super excited about it, I guess. But I just don't get it. I mean, there's got to be people that watch it. Sure. There has to be. Mm -hmm. But. Is it that many that we're like super excited about it and we're going to be, yeah. I just, okay, more power to you. It's worse cable. It's cable, <laughs> but worse. It's free. Yeah. With ads. Yeah. Which means it's a lot of ads. Right. And they're going right. to be repetitive, just like they are on the streaming services. I can't even. I can't even watch ads anymore. Back, well, yeah, I thought I'd be fine with them. I thought I'd be fine with them. And then we had Hulu with ads for a while, mm -hmm. and it's like, I mean, I remember watching commercials on TV. Right. There were like five thousand different commercials that'll come up mm -hmm. on Hulu. There's twelve. <laughs> when you're seeing the same commercial. In the same episode, <laughs> it's in the first break, it's in the third break. Wow. No, no, I can't do that. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. trombone bell said it right there. They weren't all the same commercials. Yeah. 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 It's just that's so mm-hmm. it, it it eats away at your brain. Yeah. I can't watch the same terrible commercial. Because they don't even put they don't even put gumption into the commercials either. They're not the they're not even the quality of commercials we used to have. Mm-hmm. Where they're like they really had to get your attention and it was fun and exciting. Now they're just boring butt mm-hmm. commercials. Or something that's designed to make you feel bad <laughs> about yourself. <laughs> it's just, I don't like it. <laughs> Leak. Meta's next pair of Ray-Bans will stream video and let viewers whisper in your ear. Oh, gross. <laughs> gross. Uh, we talked about like the smart glasses uh-huh. and how it's actually, there's so many more than we thought and nobody really and likes nobody, them. Yeah. Uh, you how, buy them and then yeah. you don't use them. How will Meta <laughs> convince you to buy its next Ray-Ban story? Smart glasses after reported 90% of buyers abandoned them after purchase. Meta has a plan. The second gen glasses will let you live stream video to viewers who can talk back to you. Tech journalist Janko Rutgers said he's been he's seen internal documents that show the second gen Ray-Ban stories will not only let you stream video directly to Facebook and Instagram, but also let viewers whisper in your ear. Live streamers will be able to directly communicate with their audience with the glasses relaying comments via audio over the built-in headphones, which kind of go over your, you know, they're in the piece. So it's mm-hmm. just like shoots it down into your ear, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit in the bone conductivity. But (laughs) the device should also have improved battery life, better cameras. Uh, How could Meta possibly figure out which comments out of a mountain of comments should be spoken in your ear? I suspect there's more to it than that. Just grossly speculating for a moment, perhaps it's something influencers would grant to a particular paid subscribers or comments uh, approved by a manager watching the stream. It, there would have to be, I'm, I'm not even going to read this. That's, that's the gist. Mm -hmm. There would have to be. Mm Mm-hmm. A moderator of some kind. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're going to get people, you know, gently whispering the N-word into your ear the entire mm-hmm. time. Like, look at this fat lard buying ding-dongs at Walmart. <laughs> like, first of all, do you really need to live stream that? No, you don't. <laughs> but secondly, I mean, who's li- whose life is so interesting? Right. Then again, <laughs> I've seen what people are watching on TikTok Lives. So... Yeah, I don't I know that I that. would want a commentator in my ear. Right. As I'm <laughs> live streaming. Yeah, yeah. Enjoying those ding-dongs, you fat lard? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're also going to look like so a crazy strange. person yeah. talking to yourself. <laughs> I mean, you already feel that way when you're on like your earbuds on the phone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've done, you know, actually when it I used when to I just in the be store, the, uh... it was so weird the Bluetooth people. The blue Bluetooth, remember those long ones oh, that yeah, people used yeah. to wear in public? Yeah, it used to just be the the homeless talking to themselves <laughs> at the grocery store. <laughs> Or drunk. They're usually drunk. Not not necessarily homeless. They're usually drunk people. <laughs> you know those cookies aren't good for you. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you don't need people I don't need you judging my Walmart. You about you your cookies. My Walmart buys. <laughs> it's just I don't see this as a selling point. I really don't. Because yeah. I've gotten a little more bold about talking on the phone in public with my earbuds on at Walmart. Yeah, that's a standard. I, I feel over, like I go overboard just to make it clear I'm on the phone. Yeah, 
<laughs> Do you know who's I ask the... questions like, yeah. how are the kids doing? You know, are they bugging you? Ha 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 ha. I'm on the phone. I'm not clearly on the phone. You know who's on the phone a lot? Um, for work. You didn't let me answer. Oh, who? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Our UPS driver. Oh, that. He's, yeah, he's always coming in because he just, you know, runs in the front door, drops off the package and leaves. And he's always talking to someone in his ear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's weird. To yeah. Just be on the phone all, all day. All the time. As you're driving around, dropping off packages. Yeah. Anyway, it would be a novelty for a while, I bet, but I don't think it'll be enough to break the malaise of actually doing this. Uh, and the article does go on to say that in their third generation, there are plans for like a little view screen mm. to where you can kind of see the comments. I don't see that as a selling point either. I think that's dangerous. Yeah. You're yeah. Really, if you're focusing right here, like uh-huh. right in front of your one eye. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you can see through the glass. You're not focusing on what's behind you. Right. Right. That's so dangerous. <laughs> That's so dangerous. Yeah. So no, yeah. no, 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 no. Especially for driving. You know people are going to wear these driving and live stream themselves while driving. You can't have a little thing here trying. What does that say? What does no. that say? Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Crash. You're dead. Mm-hmm. That'll be something to live stream. <laughs> Everyone walking around in an Iron Man mask. Yeah. <laughs> that wraps up today's news. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Matt and I go head to head in a game. And we'll share today in their history. Stick around. Hey, fam. This is Hector Mirai, and you're listening to Faith and Vandom 180. <laughs> on LTN Radio. So I started One Piece with my kids a few weeks back and we've had camp and cons and dance camp and band camp and all these things. So we haven't made it incredibly far. Uh, I want to say we're like on episode 54 out of 1076. Um, But somewhere in the process of the just the 50 some episodes we've watched um the theme song changed and i know this is a common occurrence in anime and it's something we deal with and but here's the deal i really liked the first song i really liked the theme song like it's been stuck in my head for days and now that it's not the theme song anymore i not hearing it and it makes me sad um and it may, i'm very disappointed every time i hear this new song pop up and i know it's going to change again out of a thousand episodes it has to um but i liked the old song and i kind of want it back um and it's annoying and kind of frustrating to me i'm probably after I get done recording this, probably going to start looking for covers of it so I can uh, add it to my music library. Um, but I think we find a comfort in singing the same songs over and over. I think we find comfort in things being familiar. It's like why the Office theme song is such a banger. And uh, just because you hear those notes and you know it's something new. It's not something new. It's something familiar and peaceful. Which is why I think it's kind of a counter thought that in 
Psalm 96 verse 1, we get this scripture that tells us, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. And I think there is such a peace and familiarity to singing the same things over and over, Caleb. And I think it's a reminder to us that God doesn't just want us to get comfortable in doing the same things on repeat that he wants something fresh from us he wants something new from us he wants us to be interacting with him continually which allows us to offer up new songs new prayers and new worship if you'd like to learn more about faith and fandom head on over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our comic-con ministry podcast memes apparel and book series you can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book i'm hector mirai And thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Welcome back to Rise and Shine Nerds, LTN's official morning show here on YouTube and LTN Radio. Now, every now and then, we like to put our nerdy knowledge to the test. Today, Deidre and I are going to go head-to-head in a game of sitcom trivia. This trivia game is multiple choice, but we have to keep guessing if we get it wrong. Oh, I hate that. Meaning we can <laughs> potentially earn three X's on each question. So this Ooh. is like more like golf. We want to go for the lowest score possible, the lowest number of X's. Uh, each of us are going to only answer five questions. We did 10 in the past, and that was too long. So, so we're going to answer five could questions. possibly get 15 X's. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. <laughs> uh, now, last time you answered first. So I think I'm going to go ahead and answer first, if okay. you're okay with that. Yeah. So I'll give you... You're going to give me the, the mouse? mouse? Oh, my goodness. First five questions are mine. Let's go. Deidre has power right now, guys. If the show goes out, it's her fault. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question one. Which character on Friends frequently exclaims, we were on a break? <laughs> That's easy. What are the options, Deidre? Uh, Monica, Chandler, Ross, or Joey? It was Ross, right? We were on a break. It was Ross. <laughs> I, was I like, suddenly started guess, uh, like, second guessing myself. That wrong. <laughs> uh, are we reading the yeah, description? Read, okay. When that. Rachel decides that she and Ross should take a break from their relationship, Ross, Ross takes this to mean that they're broke up and sleeps with another woman. Rachel eee. gets back together with him the next day, but breaks up when she learns his, of his infidelity, prompting Ross frequently repeated claim that we were on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> shame, shame. Keep it in. Oh mind. gosh. Oh no. Go ahead. What does the Andy Griffith shows Barney Fife keep in his shirt pocket? Candy, utility knife, jail key, bullet. Wow. I don't know this one at all. Me neither. And all of them make sense. I feel like jail key is too on the nose right it's too on the nose for something that the sheriff would keep in his pocket bullet barney barney fife though oh right he wasn't the sheriff he was the was he the deputy assistant 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 sheriff (laughs) assistant to the sheriff the deputy um bullet i don't know just the existence of a bullet seems too violent for this show uh-huh. back then 
Did they ever fire a gun? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was like show? some bullet that missed him years ago, but and he keeps also, it in his pocket. That also sounds. <laughs> that also sounds so deputy. Thank you. Yeah, that he also sounds. That's what I said. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that also sounds so um, tragic. Like too tragic for a for a goofy sidekick. Um. I'll say candy. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. Candy. <laughs> utility knife. Nope. Not utility knife. Okay, well to go bullet then. Bullet. Oh. Okay. Um Barney, Andy's inept but well meaning deputy had a tendency to shoot his gun so Andy makes him keep his bullet in his shirt pocket sometimes however the bullet finds its way into the gun and Barney shoots it and then holds out his hand and Barney reluctantly gives the gun up for a while wow wow uh okay well that's two x's for me all right uh number three how does George Costanza's fiance die on Seinfeld? Oh, I know this Scrubbing one. Scrubbing her toilet, <laughs> licking envelopes, juicing a lemon, hanging a picture. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I think I'm going to give the fact that I think they're going to give to. They initially were going to have George get married and keep this lady as his wife and give one of the couples now a married storyline mm-hmm. but they realized after the season she was in that they just the actors were not clicking this was not working like they wanted so they wanted to kill her off <laughs> and they picked the ridiculous way of licking toxic envelopes as the reason she what died. were the envelopes they were wedding invitations uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> george went for the cheap ones that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and they were toxic. Go ahead, let's see. Susan Ross. Yeah. Susan Ross, George's on again, off again girlfriend and later fiance dies from licking cheap, toxic wedding invitation envelopes George bought during their engagement. Yes, yeah, yes. buddy. And he That's was supposed to go to help go. her too, and he like yeah. didn't for some reason. Yeah. All right, number four. Which character becomes a wanted fugitive Ooh. during the final season of The Office? I got Creed, the office question. Dwight, Michael, or Andy? Easy question. It's, it was Creed. Yeah, it was Creed. It was like the last episode, right? Is that your final answer? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to freak you out. Of course it's Creed. <laughs> He's shady. Well, I got sec- uh, scared for a second because it said the final season, and then I was like, hold on, it wasn't like the whole season. No, it was just like, Just the end. Yeah. After becoming a wanted fugitive, Creed fakes his own death only to be discovered living at the office in Ryan's old closet. I don't remember that. Creed sings a song on the guitar for the office before being arrested. That sounds familiar. Yeah, they do. <clears throat> I guess they show like a, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that he's living there. All right, last one. Which actor on Full House wore fake teeth? Bob Saget. Mary-Kate Nashley Olsen, John Stamos, Dave Collier. Collier. Some, someone, someone wore, wore fake, fake teeth? teeth? <laughs> wow. Who wore fake teeth? I'm going to say it's not the Olsen twins. Because, well, I mean, they're twins, I guess, if they're identical. Maybe they both have bad So, one of them but had they were, to. But they were little. They what? wouldn't have been able to do that and talk. <laughs> 
Um, one of them's teeth didn't look like the other ones, so they had to wear one of them says, had to wear. But it says face. both of them. Yeah. So if it only said Ashley Olsen, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> Or Mary Kate, I don't know. Yeah, either their teeth look. <laughs> I haven't seen them since they were on the show. Um, so it's got to be the vanity of one of the others. So I'm going to say the most vain would be John Stamos, fantastic actor. Love the van. But no way! Dang it! He's his pretty teeth are his, his own. own. His own teeth. <laughs> Wasn't he on like a? It was he was on a show with Josh Peck grandfathered yes for like one that season had potential that had potential yeah. it was good yeah mm -hmm. that and um mm -hmm. that other show with the guy from parks and rec both started that year both had one season he was like a retired actor parks the rec. the intense guy the okay stop pooping guy <laughs> i don't remember his name anyway uh okay i guess dave no. Is it Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen? Did they have terrible teeth? Uh, I'm, I, Bob, I guess. Wow. <laughs> okay. It was Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen because Mary Kate and Ashley, who both played Michelle, the youngest member of the Tanner family, were losing different teeth at different oh, times. That makes so much sense. They had to wear fake teeth toward the end of the series oh. to keep up the facade that Michelle Tanner was one person. Didn't even think that about makes that. So I was much thinking crooked teeth, not oh, a child losing a yeah. <sighs> I lost a front tooth and my sister didn't. I yeah, I'm irritated <laughs> that that didn't even cross my dang mind. That oh. makes so much more sense. That was good. That was good. Okay. Well, I have five X's, Deidre. Okay. That's okay. not great. Here's, here's so. the mouse. <sighs> I've got my other one. The They're love both, boat. Both Sorry. <laughs> hey, don't read ahead. <laughs> I'm going to do terrible. Who was the captain of the love boat? The was it Captain boat. Gopher Smith? <laughs> captain Isaac Washington? <laughs> captain James T. Kirk? <laughs> Captain Meryl Stubbing. I don't know. I know what it's not. It's not James it's T. Kirk. It's not James T. Kirk. <laughs> we'll do Isaac Washington. Isaac Washington. Nope. Try again. Gopher Smith. Dang it. <laughs> Captain Meryl Stubbing. Love Boat Captain was Captain Meryl Stubbing, played by Gavin McLeod. Uh, for nine seasons, audience tuned in to see what antics he and his crew would get into on a weekly basis. Oh, my goodness. Stubing. Stubing. Thank you, Mosaic. Oh, whoops. Stubing. <laughs> yeah, stubbing seems offensive. Uh, number seven. <laughs> Which actress lied about her age when she auditioned for that 70s show? Oh. Mila Kunis, Deborah Jo Rupp, Laura Preppen. Or Lisa Robin Kelly. Okay, I don't know actresses' names. I only recognize one of these. <laughs> Who's the one, the, like, brunette, short brunette girl uh, that was Ashton Kutcher's... Mila Kunis. I'm going to go with that that person. I do know that's the right answer. Yay! Producers from that 70s show wanted uh, the cast to be 18 or older to work around hour restrictions Fort. for minors. That was a problem for 14-year-old Mila Kunis, who knew she was right for the role of bratty Jackie Burkhart. Uh, but she asked how, when asked how old she was, Kunis told producers she'd be 18 on her birthday, but didn't specify which birthday she was referring to. 
I feel like they knew. I'm sure eventually they knew. But at that point, I think they just had to go with the restrictions for minors. They can still work at that age. They just wanted to not have to have those restrictions. And then once they had already started, well, here we are. Mm. So what are you going to do? Wow. Uh, all right. Which sitcom? No, oh, thanks, Mosaic. <laughs> which sitcom did Steve Urkel from Family Matters make a guest appearance on? Was it Different Strokes, Roseanne, Full House, or Alf? I don't know. Full House. Wow. Oh. I didn't know this either. In a 1991 episode of Full House, Stephanie gets framed. Steve is called in to help Stephanie Tanner, Jody Sweeten, deal with her anxieties after she has to get glasses. <laughs> <laughs> How many X's do you have? One, two, three. Four. Oh, you already have five X's, Deidre. What? Did you know that? No, you don't. No, I don't. You only have two. Darn it. I Liar. My, I was reading my question. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Who was the first actor to be nominated for an Emmy for the same character on three different sitcoms? Was it Kelsey Grammer, Robin Williams, Andy Griffith, or Lisa Kudrow? I'm going to say Kelsey Grammer. You think he was on three different sitcoms? Yes. Which ones? Cheers and Frasier and something else. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> For his performance as Fraser Crane on Cheers, Kelsey Grammer won Emmy Award, nominated twice as an outstanding support actor in comedy series, but did not win in 1988 and 1990. Uh, for the same role in Wing in the Wings episode, Planes, Trains, and Visiting Cranes, he won Emmy nominated uh, was <laughs> Emmy nominated for the same that. category in okay. 1992. And for the same role in Cheers. Uh, spin-off Frasier, Grammer was consequently nominated for an outstanding lead actor in a comedy series during the show's whole run, except in 2003. He won that lead category in 95, 90, sorry, 94, 95, 98, and 2004. Cool. It's a good show, guys. I like Mr. Frasier's a good show. Alright, your last question. Which sitcom opens with a shot of the main character heading down to the fishing hole? Gilligan's Island? Green Acres? The Andy Griffith Show or King of the Hill? The Andy Griffith Show. This isn't fair. This wasn't a fair episode. <laughs> wasn't a fair episode. I won. You won. In case you Two to five. couldn't tell. I lost. You going to read the thing? It just says Andy Griffith Show follows the sheriff and he went down to the fishing hole at the start of the show. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> you won and I'm, I'm ate up about it. Set to some of the catchiest whistling ever. <laughs> <laughs> now time to wrap up the show. It's time for Today in Nerd History. Today in Nerd History. Today's date is August 30th. On August 30th, 1993, The Late Show with David Letterman premiered. The Late Show was a popular late-night talk show that featured comedy, interviews, and musical performances. It ran for 23 seasons on CBS until 2015 and was hosted by the witty and irreverent David Letterman, who had previously hosted Late Night with David Letterman on NBC. On August 30th, 2000, Spider-Man released on the PlayStation. This action-adventure game was developed by Neversoft and published by Activision. The game features Spider-Man as he tries to 
clear his name after being framed by a doppelganger, while also fighting against various supervillains and a symbiote invasion. The game has narration from Stan Lee and includes many references to the comics and other Marvel characters. For more nerdy facts about today's entries, find the companion article on lovethynerd.com. We hope you have a fantastic day, and we thank you for making Rise and Shine Nerds a part of it. Catch us every weekday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube or 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on LTN Radio. You can also subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app or through the Love Thy Nerd YouTube channel so you can catch up on any episodes you missed. And tell us what you think of the show via our socials at Rise and Shine LTN on Facebook and Twitter. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. I'm Daedra. And as always, a reminder. Jesus loves you, nerds. Nerds.